Wonderland who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Fries it, holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Looks back oh, don't oh, 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 I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. The ball that's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big boy kicked the big Yes, welcome to the Eastland Recovery. Another big weekend of football. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Netball League. Joined this morning by Ray Baird, Josh Ward, Blake Tennant. Uh, Ray, you were out at Beacon Hill yesterday afternoon for an interesting contest. I'm sure you've got a fair bit to say when we, we do jump into Division 1 later. Yeah, look, it was a great game of football. It started off in really wet conditions for the first quarter. But look, I was really impressed the way that uh, Beaconsfield took the game on and, and threw it up to South Belgrave. And uh, in the end, it was a fairly close finish. And Josh and Blake, we were out there yesterday at mm. East Ringwood Reserve. A pretty one-sided contest in the end, a bit of a surprise, but um, East Ringwood did look very impressive. Yeah, they did, and they were at the at full strength. Their lineup was really stacked, filled with VFL-listed VFL talent coming back into the side. And that second quarter was something else, and just throwing the scores on the day as well. It was you know, very interesting to see all those scores keep rolling in throughout the day and seeing all the all the surprises throughout the throughout the throughout the divisions. Absolutely. Uh, we'll start with Premier Division. We'll jump into uh, the game out at Edwin Flack Reserve yesterday afternoon. Uh, Doncaster got their first win of the season, 7-5-47, defeating Berwick, 7-3-45. Big second half there for the Sharks. And we're joined this morning by Chris Anarchus, the senior coach of the Doncaster Football Club. Uh, Chris, congratulations on the win yesterday. But before we get into yesterday's game, uh, just from all of us, we want to congratulate you on your, your milestone game last week, 250 games. Uh, a fantastic achievement, and you've played a lot of footy at Doncaster. I'm sure the club means a lot to you, and um, I'm sure it would have been a uh, very, very uh, big uh, night yesterday um, after a nice win. Yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate the words uh, on the 250th. It was a, a nice milestone to reach um, after being pretty delayed from, from the COVID years, but we got there eventually, and... Um, yeah, it was a pretty special day with, with family and, and supporters and with the club as well. The result didn't go our way, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was um, a pretty special day. And just on, on yesterday's game, a pretty interesting scoreline. Um, just the two behinds here listed at, at half-time and then obviously a big second half. Um, what was the, the, the big difference between that first half and second half that really helped the, the comeback and uh, certainly that last quarter where you, you came home flying? Yeah, I think uh, the scoreboard at half-time was probably... Exaggerated a little bit. I think we we're um, right in the game, and we we're even in top on top in some of those areas as well. We just weren't converting, so we dropped a couple of sitters in nice and deep, and then we were getting rebounded on. So we, we made a few changes at halftime, uh, moved a few magnets and, and tweaked some things, and then um, we um, we didn't expect to come out and pile on seven goals in a row, but we just knew it was going to be a bit of a grind and chip away and one and two here and there, and then we'll find ourselves back in at the anyone's game. So. Um, yeah, we, we weren't. Not won't say that we were confident to get the job done at half time, but we knew we were right in the game still. Chris Josh Ward here. Congratulations on the on the victory. Um, you know, one player that that continued his his superb start to the season, Carl Vickers. He's now kicked the the thirteen goals in three games, and after a terrific season last year, just it, it must be exciting having someone of his quality to to roam around your forward line and knowing that he, he'll be reliable in front of goal. Yeah, look, he's a, he's a little superstar, the, the young kid. Um, I think he's only about 21, 22 years of age. And um, to sort of do what he's doing week in, week out, um, we are only three weeks into the season. But um, to be able to do it in all three games in a, 
in two of two of games which have been pretty tough days for us uh, with Smith margins and opposition. So, no, he, he's been outstanding for us this year, and um, he's getting the attention that um, he sort of deserves. But we're we're out there to protect him, and uh, he's stood up the first first three weeks. And just noticing in your best as well, Liam Coughlin and Aaron Gundry, of course, both on on VFL list as well. Just you know, when they're available, just how crucial have they been for for this for for the side, and how crucial will they be for the rest of the season as well if they don't play too much VFL footy. Yeah, look, um, I think everyone that's got VFL listed players on the list uh, loves to have them. Obviously, you, you wish the best and for them to be able to play their VFL footy and, and push for selection. But if you are lucky enough to have them, then, um, you know, it, it does make your side a lot stronger. And, and both those guys um, played a massive role for us yesterday. Aaron was with Tyler in the ruck and, and was winning a lot of hit outs and giving our mids first use. And, and Liam was just outstanding sort of um, behind the footy and then he was getting around as well and was pretty damaging. So... Um, yeah, they both contributed yesterday to making sure that we, we got the job done. G'day, Chris. Blake Sand here. Um, just a big win for the club. Do you think we can? you guys can start um, getting back onto some good form and hopefully getting into the right uh, sort of, you know, getting in the right pathway to start building onto uh, the 2023 season? Do you think this is the start that you need? Well, yeah, that's, that's the plan. Um, we'd love to say it is, and, and we hope that it is. It's, um, we've got a very new group together, um, guys that are new to the Eastern Football League and guys that are new to Premier Division football. So they can play footy. It's just a matter of getting our, our group to gel and, and learn and um, you know understand the tempo and, and the quality of what Premier Division football is in the Eastern Footy League. So um, I know when we sort of came up as Doncaster for the first time in the Premier, it took us a, a few games to sort of adjust and, and understand it. So... Um, you know, it's been a couple of tough weeks for us and not saying that we've got it right now in that direction in the second half yesterday. So we'll be looking to sort of build and um, all these guys that are new to, to adapt and keep taking steps forward, which makes us a better side. Uh, Ray Baird here, Chris. As the other guys alluded to, mate, congratulations on that milestone. You know, I've seen you play a lot of football and you are certainly an A-class player. Just on your comments in about after half time, do I get the, the uh, impression that your your midfield took control of the game after half time? Um, look, I think it was a pretty even battle all day. I think even in the first half, we're a little bit on top, especially in the, initially in the clearances. And I think we're maybe just getting a bit hurt and, um, and how we were using them and, and how it was coming out once we did get that clearance. So um, we tightened that up. And then I think, yeah, second half, we probably got a little bit more on top, which is giving us a bit of a chance to, to get the footy forward more often. And when it's in your forward 50, it gives you a chance to kick goals. And that's what we we're just trying to do. And with that result yesterday, you obviously feel a lot better because with the double relegation, and there's a lot of these people out there in the Eastern Football League who know bugger all, mate, about what's going on, and they've written you off already, you know. But uh, to win like that yesterday, you know, you certainly shut your critics up. Yeah, exactly right. You, you see that stuff pop up on all, on all the socials, and it's all just external noise to us, so we don't pay too much attention of it uh, to it. So uh, we're just going to go about our business and, and try and get the results as we go. And, um, you know, the goal is for us to, to play better footy and improve each week, which we did yesterday. Um, and then, you know, we, we start looking forward to next week after we've enjoyed our first win for the season yes, last night and today. And then we, uh, you know, we, we move on Monday, Tuesday, focusing on next week's opposition. And just for you, uh, yesterday, coaching on the on the sidelines, not out there playing, was that a, a bit of a different experience? How did you go um, not being out there, especially in, in a close game in, in the late stages of the last quarter? Yeah, you always get the itchy feet and, and you'd love to be out there. But, um, you know, it was probably something I did 50-50 last year, just, just based on body, um, you know, and being available to play certain games. And it's probably going to be much the same situation this year of, of getting the body right and playing when I can. And then when it's not, it's... Um, 
you know, it's a bit easier on the sideline, but at the same time, there's great support staff around me to make sure that we sort of lose nothing if I am out on the field. Chris, we really appreciate you giving up your time this morning to chat about the win yesterday afternoon. Uh, a fantastic milestone last week and then a great win yesterday. We wish you all the best uh, for the upcoming games this season. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the day. Thanks, Chris. That is the uh, Doncaster Football Club senior coach there. Uh, he's done a fantastic job with with the club. He's a fantastic player, as you said, Ray. And it, it's a big win for, for Doncaster because it really really does make things interesting, um, certainly at the... Uh, the, the the bottom six of, of the uh, Premier Division ladder um, and, and puts Berwick in a bit of a, a difficult spot too because they've got to win those games at home, um, the Wickers, Josh, if yeah. they're um, expected to improve like they, they have sort of spoken about um, in the pre-season. Yeah, they, and, you know, they... I've seen them a little bit, and I, I was expecting to see improvement just given, you know, they were getting players back there and, you know, it, it, it's concerning that they that they went down here and again to Doncaster out at Edwin Flack Reserve as well, who they lost to, I think, on both occasions last year or at least at Edwin Flack last year. So it's a bit concerning. And, yeah, they and you know, it's been a rough couple of weeks, especially given they came off a, a first-up win over Vermont out at Vermont Recreation Reserve as well. But, yeah, full credit to Doncaster, though. Coming back the way that they did, you know, seven goals to in the second half to just the one. And I think the, the five goals in the final quarter to... It's it, it just the one. It was um, a quite a remarkable comeback, and uh, it'll hold the it, it. It's a it's a building block for them for this season. Because most people in the Eastern Football League will be looking. That was certainly a surprise win. You know, not, mm. not not. I don't think there would have been many people that actually picked them to win that game. No, I don't you think know. so. No, 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 that's no. Right. It was that was that a jab at one of us in the room for the uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> put them under the under the pump. Um, uh, moving on around the, the grounds in a Premier Division yesterday afternoon. We were there yesterday at East Ringwood. Uh, 25 goals, 10, 160 defeated Vermont, 10, 9, 61. Uh, massive win there, 91 points. We won't really touch on that too much. We we covered it pretty well yesterday. Um, so if you do want to hear more of that, uh, you can obviously look at the YouTube or Facebook streams of yesterday's game. Um, moving around, Baldwin defeated Norwood, 17-9, 111 to Norwood, 8-14-62. Baldwin flying at the moment. Uh, Park Orchards, 11-10-76, lost to Roval, 12-9-81. Interesting game that Park Orchards gave up, a, uh, Roval gave up a, a five-goal uh, deficit at, at quarter time, um, worked their way back in the game and then, and then pinched it late. Uh, I'm sure there would have been a few worried uh, Hawks fans at, at quarter time, but uh, a good response, and it was a win they really needed, Ray. It, it, certainly. It was a game they had to win, and, and even if they'd have won it by one point, it was a game they really had to win. And But there would have been a lot of nervous people throughout the game, particularly early, and I think that, you know, to Park Orchard's credit, they, they probably set themselves up there in that first quarter, but then uh, Roval's, uh, what was it, Kazili in the stick, gets in, sticks in there and, uh, and took over. Yeah, and I just, when I was seeing that, that score at, at quarter time, I was just really, really surprised that, you know, they'd often gotten off to a fast start the first couple of weeks and just to concede a fast start. But I had a small feeling, though, just given what happened last year, they they had that mentality and they knew they'd, they'd be able to, to run out the game and potentially finish on top. And they did exactly that, the four goals to just the one in the final quarter. So full credit to Roval and they really did need to bank that win, Blake. And- also, it's also showing that good teams find a way to mm. win. And, you know, I know Roval haven't had the best of starts as much as they would have loved to have, but that just shows that, you know, that when, they, when they're backs against the walls, Roval just can find a way. And I'm hoping this win 
can back them up and see, you know, like I think next week they got South Croydon, another huge test. So they've got a, you know, they've got a busy, busy couple of weeks, but this win could also start their season up because we know that Roval will be probably there in the business uh, type of end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see that game next week. Um, but yeah, all in all, great win and just shows that. They are they are a fighting team and they'll find a way to win. And Lockie Wine did kick the six goals yesterday. was was big for them. Uh, and it really, it's just going to be trying to get four quarters of, of effort out of them. Obviously, again, slow starters. I don't know if that was a the scoreboard well, reflected the the game in that first quarter. But they can't afford to to have that one mm. quarter lapse because otherwise, in Premier Division, yeah. you, there's too many good sides. To yeah, yeah, what they've got to do, they've got to keep a positive mode on this because you you take uh, you know the two games that they previously lost. Sure, they gave up something like 17 goals to one in those last two quarters. Yeah. But their first three quarters in really both good. of those games was very very good. Yeah. So yeah. Obviously Obviously, they'll be roundabout. And just touching on Lockie Wine too, eleven goals in his first two games yes. this season. He's going. He was. He, he's going yes, to be set for a big week. season. I think he only kicked the twenty-six goals last year. I reckon he's set for an even bigger yeah. season this year. Which and I must say, you look back at the history with uh, South Croydon going down to Seabeck Oval. Roval's got a pretty good uh, record down there against them. Yeah, they, they do. Um, it'll be an interesting game that one. Um, looking at uh, South Croydon now, twelve seven seventy nine lost to Noble Park, twelve eleven. 83 out at Cheon Park yesterday. Very interesting game there. Uh, O'Leary came back in the side and kicked four for Noble Park. Uh, Sheridan Wilson kicked three themselves for South Croydon. Uh, Noble Park led at, at every change, I think. Oh, not at quarter time, but mm. um, they had a, a pretty handy lead at, at half time, and then South Croydon worked their way back in the game late. But uh, it, was, it probably a lot of positives you take that from the dogs I think everyone would have tipped Noble Park and um, certainly a bit to work with there and, and of course they're coming off a short break too you know having yeah. played on Anzac Day but yeah, break, no, no, yeah look any side that runs Noble Park to four behinds this season they're doing a good job yeah absolutely yeah they definitely are and you know it Bounce it, you know, they got off to that fast start too. Yes, they let slip that lead thanks to a very accurate Noble Park where they kicked eight goals to to, to obviously conceded the four. But you know, it's it's good to see that they're they're able to fight back, which they sort of did against Blackburn on Anzac Day as well, and obviously ran over the top of them. But yeah, I definitely think just based on this performance, they're definitely going to be up there. And, this year. and Jackson Casey as well for for um, Noble Park again, another big game. He was in the best. He's he's had a really good start at his new club. And look. Ball as well, but named and named best on ground as well. He's had a terrific start to to the season, and Chris Horton Mill named him the best as well. Yeah, and, and you know, as I think as I said to Ray before, just then um, four day break. You know, that's pretty hard to come across. You know, to play on Anzac Day and then to front up on the weekend, which is pretty pretty um, full on. To lose to one of the powerhouse clubs in our competition right now with Naval Park, that's pretty good. From South Croydon, um, but again, that probably that second quarter. I think when we were there, I think Blackburn ran over the top of them. I think that yeah. in that second quarter, so it's just they're, good, they're showing lapses a bit, but to keep up with them for for the pretty much the whole game, it, it's pretty solid performance. But I think um, when we spoke to Marcus um, Marcus uh, on the Anzac Day, he's really happy at how. Uh, the, the new Rackman Tommy Tommy Horford's playing so yeah. it, it just shows that that's what they kind of need because I think they want to put Max King up forward now so and I think Tom's definitely um, making that easy and making uh, Marcus's life easier yeah it certainly gives them a bit more flexibility yeah. another side coming off that four day break uh, Blackburn 
uh, got the job done against Doncaster East at home at Morton Park. 16-8, 104 defeated Doncaster East. 11-20-86. A very inaccurate there. The uh, Lions, that first quarter, Blackburn, six straight to Doncaster East. One goal, nine, which would just tear your hair out if you're uh, a Lions fan, that <laughs> yes. sort of kicking. Um, but for oh, I think the story here is Blackburn because we saw them, we've seen them play twice um, already and we saw some good good signs in, in patches of that game. Struggled in a couple of areas, but overall there was a lot to look forward to um, as a Blackburn fan. And um, coming back home to, to Morton Park, it's a, it's a big win. Yeah, look, they'll, they'll win most of their games at Morton Park because they're a far better side playing there than yeah. playing away. But did Doncaster reach one goal nine in that first quarter? You know, that, that's very, very costly. Yeah, and just looking at Blackburn as well, the, the one main concern from those first two games... A, la- a lack of options up forward. You know, Sam Hart kicked four on Good Friday. He kicked four on Anzac Day and Paddy Lawler kicked the four as well. But they only had four goal kickers on the on Anzac Day and not a whole lot on, on Good Friday as well. Whereas this week, whereas against Doncaster East, they had 12 individual goal kickers. Yeah. That is, uh, out of 16 goals as well, that is a significant improvement on... You know their first couple, of, first couple of weeks, and Sam Hart only had to kick the one. Paddy Lawler only had to kick the two. Ethan Wright, I think, in his first game for the season, kicking yep. the three as well. So, yeah, it's they. And obviously, they, that was without uh, Baker and also um, uh, who else? Max uh, Holden was Max out Holden. as well. So yeah, they they did win. have a different yeah. forward line. Yeah, and I think that's probably proven the difference. You know, I felt like Baker and On had, had struggled though, struggled those first couple of weeks you know Alden had been swung forward and was up forward for the for the entire Anzac Day just really couldn't pluck a mark Baker couldn't he could pluck a, a mark or two but you know he he wasn't the most reliable set shot so clearly Ethan Wright has, has filled that void that um you know they leave and could potentially step up and and be that key target this year for Blackburn. Yeah, certainly right. And they should be still a, a, a certainly a chance for finals uh, this season. They've got a lot of talent on this side and the way they played when they got on top of Black in that third quarter last week yeah. against South Croydon, they looked really good. They were running all over the Dogs and they looked like they were probably going to win that game until they, they faded late. Um, but I, I think they're still going to be a... You, you've got to play You've got to play really well to beat them. Yeah, indeed. As Ray touched on, they're going to be a different side down at Morton Park. So I think... You know, I think they've got next week against Berwick, but I think it's going to be a kickstart to their season saying, hey, you know, we've lost two games probably against you know I reckon everyone will probably two, two good sides two yeah. good sides yeah. so mm. and now you know and Doncaster East is a good side that's a n- nice challenge and it could have got ugly if uh, Doncaster East would have kicked straight but to Blackburn's credit they showed a lot of lot of resilience I think they're going to be a resilient side this year um, that's my point of view on Blackburn and yeah. I think they also need a key forward as well I know Baker missed last um, um, yesterday's game but they, they can't just rely on their midfield. That's why I'm just gunning around with Blackburn at the moment. They're just going to kick goals from their midfield, I think, because, um, yeah, it's just gonna, I, I just can't get a read on them so far this season. But I think this um, this game here is just showing that what they can do um, when they're playing at home. And it's something they can build on too, like for, Donca- like for Doncaster. It's something they can build on for the rest of the season, especially given this was a performance against the side 
many predict to be right up there and potentially grand final candidates this year in Premier yeah. Division. So it's something they can definitely build on. And it was a great day for the club too. You know, they had mo- pretty much all their sides winning and even their women's getting on the board as well. So, you know, it would have been it would have been good times now at Morton Park at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And you obviously when you do play those marquee games and you, you play strong opponents, it's a tough fixture to it start is, the season yeah. with. So this is an important four points to bank in against a, a good yeah. side before they, they play some probably uh, some sides uh, lower down on the ladder. And, and just on these results, you know, we're, we're talking about Premier right now, but it goes down through the other divisions as well. With the, with the double drop this year, I think clubs are very, very wary, uh, wary of the situation that, that there's games they have to win. And obviously Blackburn, you know, stood up yesterday yeah. as a game that they had to win. Yeah, definitely. And it, it makes their game against Berwick a little less risky given Berwick are coming off a loss and yeah. Blackburn... I think that'd be heavy for Yeah, they player. should, but they d- it, it was a draw last year at Morton Park and Berwick did win at Edwin Flax. So mm. that could play on their minds, but I don't think so. I think, yeah, you're right, Ray, and, and Blake, they're, they're going to be a much better side at home. And just looking at the ladder at the moment, four Premier Division, Baldwin and Noble Park sit on top with three wins, uh, no losses there. Then East Ringwood, Doncaster, East South Croydon all have two wins. Vermont, Roval, Blackburn, Berwick, Norwood and Doncaster with one win and then Park Orchard's the only side yet to win a game. It it's, might get a bit frustrating to see, you know, because obviously we, we'll probably touch on and see Bowen and Naval play. Both of these sides could be undefeated, you know, potentially up until when we play. When, when they play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we've got to wait and wait and wait and wait and then finally we get to our Queen's birthday. So, uh, sorry, King's uh, birthday. Yeah. Um, uh. But yeah, it's going to be, you know, huge if both sides are undefeated for, for that game. And even on that day, the home ground advantage on that particular day, it's at Baldwin this year, and, and uh, it's yeah. going to be a huge advantage just having it at Baldwin. <laughs> but just the, the past couple of weekends, you never know if they're going to be on B. Who knows? Who knows? I won't be surprised if they are, but... <laughs> It'd be <laughs> nice for us if they're both. Right. I'm not, not going to jinx it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that is Premier Division all done. When we're back, we're going to be speaking about Division 3 with Andrew Haining. As I say, the former Temple Stone man gets plenty of height on the kick. I think he's off target though. In fact, he's out of bounds. He's missed everything completely. And that's yeah. a wasted opportunity. Hard kick for a left footer on the left hand side. That just can't get the angle of the dangle right. <laughs> <laughs> the angle of the dangle. Inventing words today, uh, Brett. Welcome back to the Eastland recovery. We just touch on Premier Division with Chris Narcus and the Doncaster Football Club in their uh, first win for the season. We're jumping into Division Three now. Uh, a big result here. It's been a hard one to tip, Blake. Uh, this this division, but Whitehorse got the job done. 10-17-77 defeated Ferntree Gully. 11-6-72, and we've been joined on the line by Andrew Haining, the senior coach of. The Whitehorse Football Club, Andrew. Uh, congratulations on, on your second win in a row with the club and uh, certainly a big one uh, knocking off the, the gully. Yeah, good, on, good morning, guys. Thanks for that. It was uh, it was a fantastic win uh, yesterday against the Gully, for sure. And how, how did the, the lead-up go? I mean, obviously, with the, with the gully undefeated, they've got a, a, quite a few uh, strong players, Kennedy and uh, uh, Gray, and then they've been able to recruit quite well. Um, what what area in the ground did you did, re- did you really look at as a, a sort of a key area that you had to stop of them? I think for us it was sort of more focused on our defensive pressure. Um, so we know we were sort of lucky in a way McComb uh, didn't play, 
Um, and unfortunately, Kennedy actually went down in the second quarter. Um, so I think from that, we're sort of able to get, get on top of the midfield. Um, but uh, it's sort of our whole, whole defensive pressure that we've had through the last two weeks uh, has improved dramatically from the sort of first start of the season. Uh, so that's really been a huge focus uh, for us. And uh, one-on-one, man-on-man pressure, uh, and using that as our sort of starting block and building from there. Andrew, Josh Ward here. Great to be chatting with you once again. And once more, congratulations on the victory. Um, you know, the last two weeks, you, you've won away from home out of Coldstream Reserve, and then you win at home at a much smaller ground at Springfield Park. You know, when we were talking about, uh, when we were talking in the off-season, just you're looking to, to build a game plan that suits Springfield Park and the bigger grounds as well. There's, do you feel like that's come to fruition um, these last couple of weeks? Yeah, definitely. Cheers, Josh. I think, uh, obviously, like finals are going to be played on bigger grounds. Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to get there uh, just yet, but if we're going to create a game plan, it needs to be built around a style that's going to hold up in, in finals. Um, so, sort of having that having that style of play that we've sort of been implementing through pre-season, uh, probably taking us a couple of weeks to get, uh, get used to it and get used to us playing together as a team. Um, but, yeah, playing the way we played against Coldstream uh, was fantastic. And then sort of using that as a, as a stepping stone to have confidence and belief within the group uh, was sort of use that to bring through this weekend against Fernandes And just some of your returning players as well, Tom Young and, and Ed Simmer have had a, a good couple of weeks. Just, uh, you know, Young as well, he's your leading goal kicker with the eight goals in, in four games and Sim has been named in the best most games. Just, you know, how how, how much have, how much, how good have they been to, to start the season and how crucial will they be looking ahead for the rest of the season? Maturity and leadership is, uh, is the two things that I've really wanted them to bring and that's what they've run, run so far. Um, Sim down back and then obviously came through the midfield as well. Um, it's just a, as a stronger midfielder, um, he really brings a lot of voice and presence down back for us. Um, sort of helps sort of structure us up and, and uh, set us up down back. Uh, and then having Young, Young coming through the forward line and sort of backing up in the ruck the last few weeks has been fantastic as well. Sort of um, he's really, really takes a strong contest to mark and uh, he's, he's kicking his goals when he's getting his opportunities. G'day Andrew, Blake Tennant here, good to have another chat with you mate. Um, just a quick one, you know, you touch on as well with your leadership as well, do you feel like that was a, a big a big point of view to, you know, knock off, you know, a team that's uh, definitely started the season really well, do you feel like it was a leadership point of view win uh, for you, for the, all your young pe- young players? Cheers Blakey, uh, I think it was, I think we, obviously after having a tough loss at home against Fair Park a few weeks ago, we all sort of sat down as a team and had a bit of a chat around the direction that we want to go. Um, we really wanted to get the players to take a bit more ownership um, of their own games and what, what was happening. Um, so through that, sort of really has helped, helped build us over the last few weeks. Um, and our leaders have really started to stand up and, and have more presence um, and more, more talk through Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and then through that, it sort of really started to show uh, on Saturdays. Yeah, one more. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of your football being played as a player, but how how is the uh, change of coaching going for you? Because obviously, you know, it's pretty pretty different from going from a player and then uh, uh, going back codes and uh, now coaching. Uh, I'm loving it so far, mate. It's it's been a great change and a great challenge. The, the footy club's been really supportive uh, of of me since they've sort of come since I've come into the footy club. Uh, Montrose are really supportive when I had sort of said that I wanted to take on a new challenge. Um, so 
it was sort of great that uh, Montrose was able to let me leave and then Whitehorse um, has really welcomed, welcomed me in so far. Um, in terms of the coaching, it's it's definitely a huge learning curve. I've, I've made lots of mistakes and I'm sure I'll make a lot more, um, but I feel like I'm improving um, each each week on, on how to lead the boys as a coach. Ray Baird here, Andrew. Look, uh, congratulations on the way you're going, mate. Uh, two out of two. Look, I go back to your appointment, which seems so far a long, long time ago. It was you announced real early, but uh, you, and you must have thrown a lot of scenarios through your mind uh, leading up to the season. But uh, the way the boys have performed, particularly in the last two weeks, uh, you must be very wrapped the way that's going. Yeah, definitely. Like I watched a lot of vision uh, in the off season of Whitehorse from last year and, and I definitely saw a lot of potential in what they can bring um, and obviously we showed glimpses of it against Sylvan and to be honest didn't show any of it against Fair Park um, but in the last two weeks this is the team that I saw from last year and I've really seen the growth and development um, from all the players um, the buy-in the last couple of weeks has been huge um, so from here it's sort of we've been able to even the ledger um, Donvale this week we sort of looked at it uh, look to grow and, and continue to build into the season. Andrew, both of us have been around the Eastern Football League for a long time. I just want to take you back now, a, a little bit away from the EFNL. I go back to a few years now where you're running around in the ruck when Montrose won and there was a young kid, Oscar McInerney, running around in the twos. <laughs> and now that he's up there playing AFL, mate, uh, you obviously put to take some of the credit for that, don't you? <laughs> I, I take no credit for Oscar. I'm, I'm super <laughs> proud of him. He's... Um, I always take an interest of, of how he's going, and we uh, we text every now and then, mate. But he's uh, his work effort and sort of the way he's, he's one of the best people. To sort of it's the way he listens and learns. Um, he's put so much effort into the way into his football. Um, it's just been fantastic to see how he went through. Casey uh, went up to went up to Brisbane. Obviously, one of Brisbane's best players up there. Uh, and now taking the man as one of the best ruckmen in the AFL. Um, yeah, I couldn't be more proud of Oscar McInerney. He's a, he's a great kid, great family. Um, and, uh, yeah, hoping they do. I'm North Melbourne, so obviously <laughs> we're going to get too many wins this year. So Brisbane's definitely my second team this year, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you, you weren't watching last night. Um, <laughs> just just quickly, your, your thoughts on the division um Division three here. It's just been a, a really interest, really even competition, and even a Whitehorse who are now zero and four. Uh, sorry, a Warrandyte who are now zero and four, who um, were in a preliminary final last year. Um, it, it, was that sort of surprise you a bit, just of of how even this division is? And obviously, you, you've got to be there to play four quarters, otherwise you'll get done by anyone. Yeah, I think I think I spoke to you guys about that before the season. How mm. how even I thought this competition was, uh, and it's showing to be so. I think home or away, it doesn't really matter. If you're not prepared to sort of be on your game on, on any particular day, um, you're going to win or, win or lose, lose based on that. So I think it's a great division to be part of because um, it really shows that whoever's going to be switched on that day is going to win. Uh, Andrew, congratulations again on the win. We really appreciate you giving up some time this morning. Blake says you're off to, to golf in a second, so um, enjoy, them, the, uh, enjoy the day, mate, and uh, really appreciate your time. Cheers, guys. Have, have a great day. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, great effort there from, from Whitehorse. Two, two out of the last two. Um, uh, a fantastic turnaround after that Fair yeah. Park loss. And, and Andrew, he, he speaks 
fantastic about his yeah. players. You know, a new coach coming in into the unknown, and as I said, he was appointed that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and you know, yeah. and it must have been a huge weight for him to get into the season. But the way he just talks about his players and that, you know, I think they're, they're going to be all right, Whitehorse. It just shows that he's also got the players back as well. Even if you know it does turn down, um, it just shows that he's got a lot of belief and trust, and um, shows that he just cares about his players, which is good. And that's yeah. what you—that's what you want as a coach. And, and Ferntree Gully, obviously, their first loss of the season. So uh, I did hear that last night. I forgot about that, that Kennedy went down in the second quarter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not sure how serious that is, if it's a uh, just a minor thing or, or whatnot. But um, that was a big loss. And then obviously no McComb yesterday. Uh, so a, a couple of... Uh, uh, big outs there, but uh, I, I don't think there's too no. much to worry on on a furniture gully perspective. They're I, still probably one of the, the front runners. It just shows. Well, yeah, I, I just think it shows that the um, that the loss against Fair Park was a bit of a blip because Whitehall still play Springfield Park really, really well. Like they always made it a challenge last year whenever t- teams came out to to the D. And um, yeah, it, clearly they're going to be a hard side to beat out there this year. The, the great thing about this division right now is that you could you could not even even start guessing who would get relegated from this competition. No, it, no, it, no. Everyone could still play finals at this stage. Even Warrandyte, who are 0-4, who we'll touch on now, Oakley District had a big win against them. 17-8-110, defeated the Bloods. 3-10-28. Bonnerkey kicked five. Warren kicked four. Bosnich kicked four for Oakley District. Just the two goal kickers for Warrandyte. O'Brien with two. Clark with one. No Ryan Phillips there, but... Uh, that doesn't really matter. You, they've. It, it, this is a pretty astounding result. Eighty-two point loss. Uh, we sort of started. We've been talking about they're going to start kicking the gear. They're going to start kicking the gear. But um, obviously, there's there's a, a few problems down there. That's a that's a big loss, and that's concerning now. That's that's very surprising. Just just seeing that score as well, and you know, the second half as well. Ten goals to to just the one. It's. <laughs> It, it, it's big question marks, you know. I'm I'm starting to get really concerned about Warren Dyke. I think, yeah, when they fi- when they finally hit gear, they they're going to be a really hard start aside to stop. They could potentially do what Furniture Gully did last year. I, I won't be surprised, you know, if they start the season 0 and seven and come back, but it's too little, too late. It, but they're way behind the eight ball at the moment. It's it's just remarkable that they that they're still yet to pick up a win this year. The Bloods. But to, to, to have a loss like that, I mean, you can say they're going to do what Fernty Gully did, but when Fernty Gully were losing last year, they weren't getting yeah, absolutely close smashed. Losses, this yeah. is a thrashing. You know, and, and you look at the, their personnel. It, uh, Phillips is probably the only one that hasn't been in that side. Most all, most of the other players that played last year and played in a preliminary final. Yeah, and, you know, the, the other players as well that they've brought in, Kieran, Malo- mm-hmm. Kieran Malone, um, Zach Carroll as well, all of those players have higher experience. Lockie O'Brien as well, yeah. and and Bryce Scholar, they all and Jake Harkins, they all have experience higher up. So you'd think they would be much better. But credit to Oakley District. Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. Let's focus on Oakley for a bit, yeah. Josh, because um, coming off probably a disappointing couple of weeks, they lost to Don Val by ninety something points, and then obviously mm-hmm. last week they got done by Fair Park after they probably should have been further up in, in, at half time. So a big response for them and proved it at, again at home. They're really strong. Side. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be a really tough side to play out there at Princess Highway Reserve. And, you know, it's, it's a comfort, it's, it's a big victory. The, the, the twin towers of Jacob Warren and, and, and Zach Bazanich just, they're, they're doing starting the season really well, especially Bazanich. I'm not too sure how many goals that, in fact, that's 15 goals in the first four games for Bazanich as well. And he's just, 
he's just going to again he's going to be set for a big season as well but they found other options as well which is a great thing for Blake Pearson even himself getting on the scoreboard but um yeah this is yeah they're going to be a different they're going to be a difficult challenge at home a different side out there yeah, definitely, Blake. I, from what we've seen and what we've heard, they're at, at full strength and when they get going, they're a hard side to beat Oakley. Yeah, no, and, you know, gang, you know, I kind of get pictured with Oakley District. I think it was kind of the right thing for them to get, you know, relegated down and then they can start building because, you know, they've obviously won against Warrandyne and I think they had a tough loss last week. A cold stream. Yeah. Yeah, they beat Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's, you know, Two wins out of I think four games of footy. You know you take that, but it just shows they're gonna they've got a huge test next week against Brantry Gully, which is you know going to test them as well. But to to beat Warrandyte as well, it's pretty concerning for Warrandyte, but awesome for Oakley District to to come back and yeah, you know, as you touched on, Ryan at full strength, so it's good to see that Ferntree Gully game is out of Princess Highway Reserve as well. So that's it's uh, it. You know they'll definitely feel like they're they're a contender out there. Even mm. even though Ferntree Gully, yes, they they might lose players, but they'll definitely. But you know it, it's going to be it's a big chance for them to go three and two and consolidate their spot in the top four, which they're in now. Well, just to, just to get back with that one, just a stat here that they haven't lost at home this year. So they've they played yeah. uh, two games at home. And they haven't lost all year at home, so it's going to be another fortress uh, for Oakley District um, this season. Well, that's the thing in Division Three: if you can own your home ground and yeah. win six or seven but games there, and yeah. then win a few on the road, you're, you're pretty much set. You, you, like I know, you know, Wayne, good old Brash, when he's here, he always gives a good example. But in this division, it's crazy to think how many wins can get you got, get your team into the finals. So. I'll be loved to hear when we talk to Brash next on what his picture is with Div 3 because well, of, yeah. It'll be interesting when we, we, we touch on the ladder at the end of this division to see where everyone is and, and how even it is of a competition. Um, out at Donvale Reserve yesterday, Donvale got the job done 18 13, 121 defeating Coldstream, 8 9 57. Uh, Duncan kicked 5. It was listed at the back line uh, on, <laughs> on Friday, but I think he's just too good of a forward. And we funny sort of had that, funny that, yeah, we had that <laughs> game day. We had that conversation on on uh, Friday, Josh, that um, how important uh, someone is of an Ethan Duncan, where um, you can move <laughs> him back if you need to, but you'd rather you've have got him up him. forward because he's such a, a great mark and he's a, a beautiful kick of the ball. And I think everyone keeps saying this: you'd rather have to, you you would rather have two of Ethan Duncan to be able to put him down back and and put him up forward as well. It's it, he's the ultimate swing man and just another dominant performance from him and you know they found their goal ki- they found their goal kickers you know Mitch Brow, James Rouser and uh, Caleb Jordovic and Giles, Harry uh, Giles yeah. as well getting on the scoreboard and Nick Murphy only kicked the one goal on the day so and I'm not too sure if he's still their leading goal kicker but it's <laughs> they're a scary attacking side whereas for Coldstream again only the four goal kickers Darcy Fritch kicking four of their eight goals it's it's a bit concerning after you know a couple of weeks ago against Warrandyte they were able to find goal kickers, whereas the last two weeks they've, they've really struggled for goal kickers. It's a bit it's a bit strange for me that they're struggling given just how prone that attack is, Ray. Well, I don't think any of us would have predicted that they would have only had one win after four games at the mm-hmm. start of the year. You know, there's something not quite right out there. Yeah, it's interesting though, just given you know they brought in a heap of talent, they brought in a lot more depth than 
they they're a much deeper side this year. I, I feel with the players they've brought in and the minimal losses that they've had. So it's a bit interesting, and, and yeah, it's much like Warrandale. It's a bit surprising that they're not doing so well to start the season. Yeah, and, and I mean Darcy Fritchie's sitting second on the uh, goal list, the goal uh, leaders there with fourteen. He kicked another four, obviously, as you said yesterday. But you do need guys around him, otherwise it, it's no use, and you will get done um, mm. uh, by by sides like Don Val, who are uh, in really good form. Um, and then the final game uh, out at Sylvan Recreation Reserve, the Cats uh, three in a row is that now, or three uh, out of four? Three out they, of four. They had a loss uh, to Ferntree four, Gully. Yeah. Um, but another big win, 14-13, 97, defeated Fair Park, 4-10-34. Fantastic win for the Cats. Fricker really kicked three. Lowe kicked another three. He's been really strong. Um, Owen was best on for them. Uh, but another big win, and, and Ray, they just play that ground so well, and it's, it's a big win at home. Um, and really puts him in, in good set, really locks him in that top four. At the and moment. when we spoke to their coach last Sunday, he was very wary of Fair Park coming out there because, you know, mm. Fair, Fair Park's film's been pretty good and, to, you know, to win mm. by 10 goals, you know, that's a great effort. Yeah, but for Fair Park, they didn't have a couple of their best defenders, Mitch Need and uh, and James Walden, that didn't, that didn't help. So, and the, yeah, Sylvan, though, they're clearly... Kilvin Sylvan Recreation Reserve is just going to be an absolute mm. fortress. The the second half as well, thirteen goals to to and conceding just the three. It's it's quite remarkable. And Justin Figarelli turning around the clock as well with the three goals. And we got to give a shout out to Matt Lowe as well, who's had a, a terrific he's start to this start, season. I think he's the third leading goal kicker now, or equal second this year. And it just his start to the season has been something. It has been something else. But yeah, they they took advantage of No Walden and and Nee did did Sylvan and just yeah a, an absolutely dominant performance from from the Cats. And having a look at the ladder in Division Three, Donvale and Ferntree Gully and Sylvan all with three wins and one loss, sitting in the top three. Then Oakley District with the uh, two wins in fourth, and then Fair Park Whitehorse both with two wins each. Coldstream with one win, and then Warrandyte Owen four. Who are the Bloods got next week? That's a uh, oh, oh, the Bloods are good. Uh, Fair Park at Warrandyte Reserve. Yeah, yeah. So, so they should come in as yeah. favourites. What is their percentage, Warrandyte? Must be very uh, high. sixty-eight. Sixty-eight yeah. point. Yeah, okay. It, it's a big. It's a bit of a concern, but they should end to this game against Fair Park as as favourites. But I won't be surprised if if they do lose. Though it's um. It's yeah, dangerous yeah, for them. It's hard to get it's a read. Already, it's, it's already in the danger sides now with, with uh, other clubs really starting to, to kick into gear. So we'll uh, wait and see. Hopefully for their sake we, we do get a bit of a response from them. Um, jumping into Division 4 yesterday, Forest Hill got their uh, second win for the season, 15-12-102, defeating Croydon North, Mlock 10-7-67, while Churnside Park got their first win of the season, 20 goals, 17-137, defeating Nutterwadding, uh, 7-13-55, uh, King kicked five goals there, Odomat was uh, listed as their best player. But the big game in Division 4 yesterday was Kilsyth and Surrey Park. Mm. Uh, had a draw, Josh. Yes. Uh, 8 17 65 Kilsyth. Very inaccurate to the Surrey Park 9 11 65. Uh, O'Neill kicked four for the Cougars, while uh, for the Panthers, Can kicked three. Fallahee kicked two. Um, Porter was listed as their best player for the, for the Panthers. But. Um, interesting game we talked a lot about in the week if uh, yeah. Kilsyth were the real deal and they proved uh, on the on the weekend obviously that they can match it with a, a Surrey Park side who obviously played a grand final last year yeah and, um, pretty good Nick yeah I think this is this is positive signs for the Cougars but um, 
Uh, yeah, it was. It's interesting that there was a bit of inaccuracy because, from what I heard, I'll, I'm getting scoops. Again, I'm getting scoops <laughs> against fellas, but um, scoops. <laughs> but from what I heard, the, the wind uh, there was only a bit of a breeze um, coming in the second half of the ga- second half of the game, and you know you look at the first half, Killside three eleven, sorry sorry three eight, and I just found it interesting that you know. When I heard when I heard that news, just it just given how inaccurate both sides were, that there wasn't too much of a wind out there in that first half. It really, yeah, only came in that in that second half. But um, yeah, Surrey did Surrey did come from behind. You know, they were down at every change. They were down by seven at, at three quarter time. But um, yeah, I think uh, I don't think it's too disappointing for for either side. Really, you know, they still get the two, they still get the two points. But um, yeah, I think. Surrey weren't at full strength that day, it, it, on the day as well, and you know they'll face them later in the year out at out at Surrey Park. So it's well, it's they'll gonna, play three yeah. times, won't they? Yeah, and I'm not too sure where the third <laughs> time think, is, but they're going to yeah. be. A, a, but it, if they do play those final two games out at Surrey Park, it, it's going to be it, it's it's going to be much more of a test for the Cougars, who you know haven't had the greatest history out there. But Ray, I think this is a, a big sign that it shows that they are um, where they think they are. I know they were pretty positive of where they were going to finish at the, the start of the season, the, from the vibe from everyone at the club, yeah. and um, you know to be to be yeah. drawing level with Surrey Park, who I think we've said is the the benchmark yeah. of this division, shows that um, they're they're certainly yeah. in the mix this year. Yeah. I know Josh is pushing Surrey Park Sparrow, and yeah. good luck to him for that. But <laughs> uh, we, we don't know who's the better side because let's yeah. face it, you know we're, we're no better off than what we were on Friday. Now. Yeah. You know, yeah. who's going to play? Who's going to be the best? I am trying my best, but in all honesty, I still respect. Kill, I still respect Killside, just given the talent that they have as well. You know, Jane Wycard, Jane Wycard who he's he's going to just he's again set for a big season and named in the best and kicking a goal as well. You know, Ryan McNay, another great performance from him. Yeah. Brand Drosler, you know, talent already there like Sean Curry, Jared, O'Ne- Jared O'Neill, uh, and Ryan Goodenson as well. There's plenty of talent. I, I have respect. I have respect for them. Just, yeah. just given that talent, and I felt, you know, they could definitely be Surrey's biggest yeah. challenges. Just given yeah. their inclusions. Look, you look at games when the, the, some sides are inaccurate, and to me, you can't yeah. unless you're at that game. You can't take a have a take on it because are they easy shots that they've missed and kicked behind, or is it pressure from the midfield or the other mm. of the opposition that have made those shots really difficult? So unless you're there, you can't really tell the fact that they've kicked. 17 behind how they were kicked. yeah I'm not too sure it probably came from pressure from both midfields yeah. oh, I wouldn't have been surprised just given there would have been pl- there would have been plenty of pressure as well, uh, plenty of pressure as well applied by both sides but um yeah, it, full credit to both sides' defenses as well with both clearly showing that they're going to be right up there this year and you know, it's yeah. It, I think this is the this is the grand final. I know it's a big call, Scoresby. I know you're bullish on them, Ryan, and I think they're definitely up there. But just given this performance, I think Kilsyth and Surrey are playing off in a grand final. Well, Blake, I think the big thing about Division Four this year, which is a real positive compared to last year and the year before, Coldstream were the the heavy favourites. They didn't lose in their season was wasn't finished, um, and then last year Sylvan were the front runners really early and. Um, even though Surrey Park uh, challenged them late in the season, they were still probably <coughs> by far the best side in the, the division. This year, it, it's open. It's open. Yeah. There's no real 
a hundred percent front yeah, runner here. Yeah. Kilsyth have shown some good form. Surrey Park has shown form. Uh, Scoresby have been uh, pretty good in their opening three games too. So it, it's wide open. Yeah. And Scoresby have their big chance next week because they take on Kilsyth out at Scoresby out no, at uh, Kilsyth. Yeah. So you know they, every, we could be saying next week that you know Scoresby's a big chance as well. So, <laughs> yeah, Josh, you're very quick to lock in a grand final. I know. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, know a, I know. I know. He's that. pushing that barrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't realise that it's in April for Surrey. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I just, I just think though, just you know, I, I do think though, you know, Surrey defeated Scoresby away from home as well by, uh, by, you know, by seventeen points, and they dominated the first three quarters of that game. And you know, I think Killside are a much better side, a much better side than Scoresby, especially with the inclusions that I they think had. We'll We'll find well, that we'll, we'll know more next week yeah, as, as right. they uh, face off. But on the uh, ladder after round four in Division Four, Kilsyth uh, sit on top three wins. Uh, and then obviously the draw. Surrey Park have played one game less, so two wins in the draw. Uh, Scoresby with two wins. Forest Hill with two wins. Churnside Park and Nutterwadden with one win. And then Corey North Emlock sitting on the bottom <laughs> without a win yet. Uh, we'll jump into... Division 2 now, we've been all over the place with uh, <laughs> the order of it, but uh, in Division 2, a big game out at Batterham Reserve yesterday. Dane Swan putting on the red and green jumper for the Bears um, in a game they lost 10-7, 6-7 to Templestowe, 13-17, 95. Uh, no Swan in the uh, best or goal kickers, so Which apparently he was held pretty quiet, um, but it would have been a big day out there. I know yeah. the crowd was pretty big from, from all reports, and um, it's. I think this is a real just mature performance by Tom Stowe. Uh, Cloak kicked four. Um, Fogarty again was uh, on re- on good form. He was best on for uh, the Dockers, but uh, they were challenged. It, it scores level at three quarter time, and then a big last quarter uh, where they held the base into one goal kicking five of their own um, just shows I think a, a real mature <laughs> Temple so side that um, mean business this year and we were saying on, on the Friday show Ryan that you know we were expecting if it was if it was close that that maybe Swan, Dane Swan would be able to wield the basin over the line but yeah it just shows how, how mature this, this Temple side side is and you know, it just it, they kicked inaccurately in that final quarter as well. Five goals, six. So it could have been a lot worse for uh, for the Bears. But you know, you got to give them, cre- you got to give the Basin credit as well. Putting up a fight, uh, putting up a fight, and Poe was good again. Three yeah, goals was best on for the Bears. Yeah, he's had a terrific start to the to the season, and he, uh, I think you know Jason May. I think he he touted him as a, a key player for for the Bears this year when I chatted with him and. But yeah, the the experience came to the fore for for Templestowe. I'm not too sure if the basin would have been kicking to the club room ends to, in that final quarter. Maybe maybe not. Just given they weren't able to, you know, kick the kick too many. It only kicked the one goal in the final quarter. But yeah, it just shows how mature this Templestowe side is, and and just how much it, how changed they are from this time last year. And uh, another big result yesterday. The Waverley Blues, 20 goal, 22 goals, 11, 143. Defeated Mulgrave, 13-5-83. Williamson back in form, kicked eight goals, while Muhammad kicked five, still kicked three. Um, and for Mulgrave, Roberts, again, another strong performance up forward, kicked five. But it's, it's an interesting one because obviously they played only what was it, three weeks ago for, yeah. for Good Friday. Um, they, they match up again. It's it's the same result. The the Waverley Blues um, have uh, had a 10-goal a, a win. Um, I think that was a sort of a similar margin last time. I think it was even more yeah, I think on it was Good Friday, 70-something 70 70 points. So yeah. they've obviously got the wood over Mulgrave and, um, again, uh, really kicking into gear, Blake. 
Indeed, and you know, obviously we we saw them last last week, and you know they were pretty, they were okay, but of course they played against some way better opposition. Um, but it's good to see that Williamson's back. You know, we touched on him last year how he kicked all the goals, but for all them, and it just shows that um, you know maybe maybe it is their boogie side, um, Mulgrave, that, that bogey side, bogey side, bogey <laughs> side. So. Um, and it just shows that Waverley, you know, that they, they had a pretty average performance. I think Tom was saying that as well um, last week. So it was good to see them bounce back and to win heavily. So And to put their premiership credentials higher up again. And, and finishing off the game very quickly as well. Seven goals to just the three in the final quarter. But, um, yeah, and Omar Muhammad getting on the score sheet as well. He, he He's now... You know him and Williamson are in the top five in the the league leading goal kickers as well. So they've got so many options up for it. For it, it's it's quite scary. And yeah, the difference the difference between these two sides. So it's like chalk and cheese. You know, Waverley Blues. That's a good win after coming off a loss last week as well. No matter whoever you're playing, if you lose, you've got to win the next game, and they've done that. Yeah, and they were probably that first half was probably their their worst half of football in, in quite a in quite a while. Um, uh, considering they had won the 20 games before that. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, a big response there, and I think they're going to be right in the mix at the end of the season. Um, and, obviously, on game day, if you can see that this morning, a bit of an incorrect score there. It was actually Ringwood who yeah, defeated yeah, Upper Fentry Gully. 17 <laughs> goals, 23, 125. Upper Fentry Gully, 6-8, 44. I'm not sure why on game day it uh, says Upper Gully won by 70-something yeah. yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Glitch it on, in the system. I, I, I just saw it on the Ringwood side. It's like their Facebook saying that they won and yeah. checking yeah, comfortably on, too. Yeah, I was checking on today and um, um, now it's up a gully winning. So I, yeah, I did get a, a text sent this morning about that. I, otherwise, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't have uh, gone with it anyway. But um, I don't have the goal kickers obviously with um, an incorrect score on on game day. But uh, job done ex- as expected. Yeah, Ringwood, yeah. I think we all knew that, that we're going to uh, get the win over uh, Upper Fentry Gully. Heathmont also. Uh, winners yesterday, 14-7-91. Defeated Knox, 10-8-68. Again, they're in really good shape. Stevens kicked six. Mullinger McHugh started his... Uh, continue his strong start of the season, kicking three. Um, Jordan Haynes there was, was best on ground uh, for the Jets as well. Yeah, and just on Nathan Mullinger McHugh, he, he's had a terrific start to... Well, essentially his return to Heathman. Of course, he missed the entirety of last year and... It's quite remarkable form he's been in in the best three on three or four three or four occasions. He I think he won the Anzac Medal for the Parker Cup as well. Six goals the last two weeks. It's I think it's a big call. There's plenty of talented ruckmen in this division, but I think he's the best ruckman in division two, just given his experience higher up and. You know, it, it was again on show, and Bailey Stevens as well, a, a really great performance from and, him. And I want to give a shout out to Knox. I think that's a, uh, an mm. improved effort to only go down by four goals. You know, they, after yeah. what they've been producing early in the year. Oh yeah, that's a that's a, a pretty impressive performance. I yeah. think we all thought Heathont would probably win by a little bit more with the way they're yeah. going. So um, hopefully that's showing signs that they they're on the right track. I don't know who they've got next week if someone's got a, a fixture ahead of them. But scoops, come um, uh, I'll they have, uh, They've got Baronia at a tournament reserve. So. Okay. Pretty, it's pretty uh, tough uh, yeah. uh, road trip there, but um, uh, for, for they, their sake, hopefully they can pinch a win in the next few weeks they, and, 
and um, really get they do rolling. get up and about for those games though. They had there a was draw a, last year a lot, that's right. in round eight in round yeah the last round last year and almost knocked Baronia out of finals. So they do get up and about for them, but it's it's still a massive well, it's, ask. It's going to be a big ask because uh, they've proved again that they are the, the benchmark of the division. 11-16-82, The Hawks defeated East mm-hmm. Build yesterday. Eleven nine seventy five. The goal kickers Noobs kicked another four goals in really good form. Uh, for East Burwood, Agnew come back in the side, kicked six. I think he kicked three early on in that first quarter. It was very impressive. Um, Rixton, also their best player. Uh, I think he was last week that he came back yeah. in for his first game of the season. So he's been very important. Um, they also got Wills back in the side yesterday, which is another big in. Um, but... Look, they they had a lead early on. Um, East Build at, at quarter time, they led by twelve points and sort of looked like they were on track. Uh, pushed Baronia for four quarters, but um, the Hawks are just continuing to get the, the job done. And yeah, that's all that matters for them. The four points again. Yeah, that's that's you know uh, that's what all the best teams can do. You just just get that's all that's what best team the best teams can do. Actually, they find a way to win even when they're not playing at their best. And this is a, a really resilient victory from Baronia, who, yeah, they're they're flying at the moment, sitting on top of the table. I think, and you know. Couple, two good wins in a row against sides we're expecting to be right up there this year in, in the Waverley Blues and, and East Bird and, you know, and but a shout out as well to East Bird a great performance Connor Agnew great performance back into the side and Ed Wixton clearly did a good job on Ben Robertson who was limited to just two goals the only thing though is that they now sit one and three and they've got Heathmont mm. next week which is going to be a real tough ask with the way Heathmont are going to be sitting one and four early is not something probably we we thought would be the case. East Bird Blake. Yeah, and then you know I think you know having those ins is what they had um, this week. You know having Kempson and Wills, I think it is he was in this week. Um, it shows that you know they've, they've this is probably the first game that they're going to play. You know today, and then they will just go on round by round and all that. But you know, I was pretty. You know, I think East Bird were in the game from you know from what was seen pretty much majority of the game but as as Josh touched on with uh, Baronia just finding that way to win and finding a way to win a good game and but uh, yeah it just shows that East Bell they're going to try and try and compete because I think that's all, you, all, all that is asked for a team is just to compete and you know play for the four points and with East Bell I think they're going for a younger approach at the moment so I think there's a lot of young bodies playing around for them well, they've certainly had a, a few injury problems and they've had a, guys coming in and out of the side in the, the yeah. opening weeks, Ray. But yeah. um, I think with the talent that they still have on the list, I know obviously they've lost um, uh, Martini and, and Hanlon last, uh, at the end of last year. So it's, it is a different lineup as such, but I think still at full strength, it's, it's a final side. But again, when we talk about sides who, who lose these you know close games early on, it can bite you... Mm. Um, in the arse so and, and what would have hurt more is the fact as we said the importance of winning home games and particularly yeah. in, early in the season and they've you know they haven't done that yesterday so now to me that means now they've got to knock someone off on, on the road well that's your big chance next week against Heathmont but yeah. uh, mm. on, on form I think you probably have to tip Heathmont there um, but Eastbourne did win the two games between the two sides last year mind you Heathmont Again, had a lot of injuries. Yeah, they year. did have a yeah. lot of injuries, and they're a completely different side. But that could give them a bit of a, a mental edge as well, once more. Yeah, I'm very looking, very much looking forward to seeing yeah. the Jets uh, in the next couple of weeks. See how they go because they've been uh, probably my surprise uh, in the division uh, uh, two uh, so far. Uh, looking at the ladder, 
Baronia sit on top as the only undefeated side with the four wins. Waverley Blues sit second with the four wins. They've had that extra game, of course, of, of mm. Good Friday. Heathmont, Templestowe, both with three wins each. Mulgrave with two. Uh, and obviously they've had uh, an extra game as well. Then Upper Gully. Uh, oh, the ladder's rung the on here, right, because of, of game <laughs> yeah. day. So Upper Gully has not, is not sitting it probably six means, not one, two. It probably means Ringwood would be fifth, sitting uh, in fifth or sixth yet with their two <laughs> wins. Um Upper Gully, East Berwick in the Basin all with one win and then Knox sitting on the bottom uh, without a win yet. Um, so just want to touch on about Division 2. From my point of view so far, I know we're, well, it says here Waverley Blues have played five games, as he touched on, and everyone else has played four. Um, and Mulgrave, I think with the ladder how it is now, I feel like that there's going to be a one, I think, percentage or win-loss ratio would decide who's going to make finals. Like looking at here... I can see, you know, Ringwood are obviously in the fire after what they, what they did yesterday. But I feel like, you know, I feel like what I'm seeing is is that Mulgrave and East Burwood look likely one of those sides might miss out. That's what I'm seeing mm-hmm. from a ladder point of view. Like, uh, who's it, If you had to, I'll put you, under, yeah. put you on the bus here, if you had yeah. to pick your five in this division to make uh, the finals, uh, who would you yeah. go? Rip. I know um, it's only round four, but we yeah. always like to. Well, obviously, you know, Baronia, I think Waverly Blues have done enough to show that they will be up there in Heathmont. Definitely been the biggest riser at Temple Stone, and then I'll have Ringwood in my five. Different round it up. I, I, reckon, I reckon I'll stick with that top five. Ringwood, um, I think they'll find a way just because Brett, Brett, Brett Rory is, is a terrific coach. Yes, um, obviously they've had their struggles against the top sides, but I think they'll they'll find a way and probably finish around second or third. But I reckon that top two, uh, it's a bit of a big call, but I wouldn't be surprised if it stays like that just given we've seen plenty of Waverley Blues and they're definitely going to be a tough side to beat. Baronia as well, that's, yep. Yeah. They're the they're they're the two best teams in the, in the division, and I reckon that's yeah. I reckon I f- that's the top two. I just feel like there's going to be one team that's like missing that should be in there. Like I feel like there's yeah, gonna be yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah. don't take our word for it. We we're it's not round, good. At it is round four, and so we're we, never good at yeah. predictions. We're, we're never yeah. good. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's just my point of view on division two. I feel like there's just going to be that one side that's good. But due to percentage and you know early losses could you know well, that's why my my take on it is that uh, East Burwood or Ringwood will be fighting out for that fifth yeah. spot and 100%. they play each other in round seventeen at East Burwood Ooh. and that oh. game could but be the one that settles it. Just could, to could back be, you up, yeah. when's the when's the first time? Because obviously they that would be round that would be yeah. round eight. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. out of Jubilee yeah. Park. So it, yeah, the yeah. those two games, they're, they're yeah. two eight, they're yeah. eight point games. Yeah, that round seventeen game, I think, is going to yeah. decide who's going to get that fifth spot. Yeah, I think you're right. Now at the start of the season, I probably would have <laughs> had both of them in there comfortably. But yeah. obviously things quite change quite quickly. Uh, we'll jump into Division One, last division to get to. Bayswater had a, a very nice win there, twelve nine eighty one defeated Murlbach 12-8-80 Blake you were telling me it was after the siren or something before yeah, I don't know yeah. if that was is that correct yes it was I, I, I watched I the video I watched yeah, the I footage <laughs> and I saw a guy uh, going up for a set trying to kick yeah, I think goal. it was Mitch Sertikos uh, yeah. the new yeah. recruit coming across from Furniture Gully this year as, as best on yesterday with uh, Bayswater Young kicked four as well um, and then from Murlbach <laughs> Doby again kicked another three Mackie kicked three Noonan was their best player but I think we said it on Friday. We said this is a big chance of Bayswater. Yeah. They were very impressive at home against Montrose. They play that ground really well, and um, obviously knocking off Murubak there, who you know have a stacked midfield. 
Um, it's it's a big positive for for where Bayswater are at the moment. Yeah, and it clearly shows that it, Bayswater Oval is going to be a tough ground to play at. You know, Montrose just scraped over the line out there, and Moorbuck going down here. It's just yeah, I think it was Jared that mentioned it. It could potentially be a, a base a, what Bayswater did to Montrose last year. Last year, I hate to I hate to mention that, like, but um, <laughs> but it, I just. It, I had that feeling too. I had that hunch it could potentially be a danger game, a banana slip game for Moorbuck. And yeah, just seeing that kick after the siren as well, it, 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 you know, it was it, it, the Basewater fans would have had every right to be up and about after that. Just given, you know, it, given, it, given they defeated a Moorbuck side who, who looked really promising despite in to start the season, if even with their losses. But oh, I'm. Not too concerned for Moorbuck. It's it's a different challenge playing at Basewater Oval, and Basewater clearly showed that. It's a very even comp. I know you'll read the ladder shortly, Ryan, but having a look, I know there's about probably from four to seventh, they've all had two and two. So <laughs> it just shows it's going to be an even comp. I think it's probably one of the ev- most evenest comp, especially with Division Three. So... Yeah, good win by Bayswater, but Moorbuck, just that unknown sort of factor. Like, to only, you know, beat, no disrespect to North Fremont, but to beat them by a point and, and then to play against Bayswater to beat them, sorry, Bayswater to win, just shows that Moorbuck, we don't know too much information about them this year. Well, I think what we do know is that, uh, again, their midfield stood up. Uh, looking yeah, at their yeah. best players, but Noonan, they, Mackie, yeah. Smith, Monkos was back in the side, um, all played really well. Doby's had a fantastic start this season. So it's, it's sort of the same four or five guys in the best each week, which is, um, look, it's somewhat expected because they are really talented footballers. But I think if you can get a bit more out of the, the bottom five or six of, of your best 22, uh, mm. that's when you can really start to, to look at they, um, improvement for, they, for their They need sake. forwards. They need, they need forwards who can't just rely on their midfield to um, kick goals, yeah, like yeah, Doby and Mackie again th- with three each. Like I know Doby potentially plays as a plays as a forward, and I think Paul Thatcher as well plays as forward, and Ryan Simmons as well. So um, it just yeah. shows that they are going to again they're going to be another midfield uh, king team. I reckon. Yeah, it's much like it's much like it's much like um, Blackburn in Premier Division who rely on their their midfielders to to kick go- to kick goals. Um, but it's, but yeah, it's you know it's concerning when you don't when you know you're, you're still relying on midfielders. Obviously, Brandon Doby he's had a, a terrific start to the season as well with the eleven goals and has been the the main the main man up for it. I reckon for more Park. But yeah, just you can't rely on your midfielders. Well, to keep you got to remember also, Mullet is out left the club now, and he was probably their main goal kicker last season as well. He. One of the top two, anyway. Yeah. So that's a huge, you know, like amount of goals that he's missing from last season as yeah. well. Yeah, M- Mullet and Jordan, obviously. Yeah. You, you can't, yeah, uh, overestimate yeah. just how, how big of a loss uh, they are. But um, I, I think the story there is Bayswater. They're, they're yeah. much better than probably what we thought at the start of the season, and they're they're one that's going to be um, a hard side to beat this season. Uh, one game that you were out there, at Ray, yesterday was at out at uh, Home Park Reserve where. 
Beacon Sealed 14-8-92, just lost to South Belgrave 16-8-104. Garner kicked seven goals, uh, was listed as South Belgrave's best player. Johnson kicked seven for Beacon Sealed as well, yeah. um, and listed as their uh, the best on ground. Uh, Ray, talk us through it. Uh, obviously, it's a, a very entertaining yeah. game there from the results. Well, we first of updates. all, it's a great rivalry because these two clubs have re- p- the played off in other divisions yeah, as well. Cup they played for. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, and look, and there was a huge crowd there, and the first quarter was played in pouring rain because <laughs> halfway through the last quarter of the reserves, the rain came, but then at quarter time, it finished up. And look, for the first 10 minutes of the game, it was all uh, a beacon field, but uh, obviously they didn't hit the scoreboard as much as they wanted to, but uh, they took it up to uh, to South Belgrave. And uh, look, I spoke with Mick Fogarty after the game and he was absolutely wrapped with these players, you know, and, and he, he said to me, as he said before, you know, it's a learning prog- process. We're getting better. We know we're getting better. He said, today, uh, we probably got beaten on the, in in you know infield mids rather than the yeah. outsiders he said because uh, once they get the ball and they start running they absolutely run ragged they and, really do and you can understand why given how big home park is I haven't been out there but for, for it's probably of, not quite as big as, as Berwick's ground <laughs> but uh, you know but it's a it's a great venue and great viewing and all that out there but just on uh, South uh, Belgrave I'm not taking any anyway, Smith to me was injured. He usually he, he took some great grabs, but he usually kicks those from the fifty meter line, and he was he wasn't making the distance, yeah. and he wasn't running as much as he normally does. And Taylor Garner, he come off probably three quarters of the way through the last quarter. He's got a calf problem, and that's again, so he could be missing for the next three or four weeks. So is that a? He, it's an ongoing injury yep. that he had taped up, and you know, everyone started, said he's done a hammy, but I was with his father there, and he said, no, it's his calf again. So yep. he could be me. But then they've got Damien Garner to come back into that side as well. Is yeah. that the, the, If they do get everyone on the park at the right time, are they the side to beat in this division? Because oh, they, they seem are. to struggle with injuries and, a bit. Over the we last all know years. Nick Cox, a legend in the East. Yeah, his his son. son played his first game for uh, South Belgrade too, and he was very good in the first quarter and a half. Went out of the game for a little bit for a quarter, but even in the last quarter, he mm. stood up again yeah. uh, a little bit quicker on the move than the, oh, <laughs> Nick was in his day. But you could see yeah. the, the, the traits that come from his father, yeah. you know, because he was a three-time uh, uh, legend in the Eastern Football League, Nick. And he was there watching the game too. Yeah. So, so yeah. They, they can build still, uh, South Belgrave, you know. and uh, But uh, to me, yeah, Beaconfield, uh, I think they're going to be one of the top two, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, I, the way they played. I. I think top two is a possibility. I think they're definitely playing finals, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a very promising performance. Matt Johnson as well coming back from the VFL level with the seven goals as well. Just yeah, you know, whenever he's available, he he's going to be a key player for yeah. for for Beaconsfield. But I don't think it'd be too much as well. It'd probably be similar to to Mitch Cox, who'll predominantly be yeah. playing with Williamstown whilst Johnson plays yeah. with, uh, of course, Fra- uh, Frankston. But um. Yeah, it's this is a this is a really good performance from Beaconsfield, and I'm a lot more bullish on them for for the rest of this season. And um, for South Belgrave, though, again, the good teams find a way to win, and yeah, I think that it's quite a remarkable start to life in Division One for them, and they're definitely showing they they're going to be right up there this year. And and you know, even even though Garner did go down seven goals in in three in a big quarters. It's mm. still a phenomenal effort, and it just shows he's whenever he's available, he, he's going to be yeah. key for South Belgrave this and year. There's another test for Beaconfield next week because they go out the Heights Reserve and play yeah. Park. So if they can win that game, you know, without a doubt, you know, I, look, I think they're going to as I, I think they're going to play finals. They will. 
Well, what I yeah, I think so. I think so too. Yeah. After their, yeah. their opening weeks, and even when we were there at Mitcham a bit at yeah. um, that Twilight game, they were impressive yeah. in patches. So uh, they really that second quarter they kicked six goals and were just on top of the game. So mm. obviously uh, at their best, they're a, a real uh, threat this season. And I think they'll go in favourites next week. Mm. Uh, moving around the grounds, Montrose defeated Lilydale yesterday, thirteen seventeen ninety five to Lilydale nine nine sixty three. Uh, Galbraith with. Four Four goals, Schwab with two, Laurie with two there for, for the uh, Ds. Watson was their uh, best player on the ground um, for Lilydale. Bateman, Hickleton both had two goals each, and Clements was best on ground for the Dales. But uh, just did the did enough, Blake. The Montrose, they, they get over the line by, by five goals and um, keep their season rolling on. Yeah, you know, I'll, you know, to see the, the quarter-time scores be, um, you know, heavily big margin, but again, just... The thing with thing with Montrose is is that we lack a bit of that consistency throughout the whole game, and I feel like when we sorry we. When yeah no it we. took me so took me eight weeks to get Wayne Bresher to stop calling for him on you're my uh, next project just um and as well is that you know Lillardale they they showed a lot of fight this yep. game you know I think they kicked three goals in that last quarter to reduce the margin which could have got out of hand for Lillardale and. For Montrose, it just shows that they are going to be up there as a pretty good, solid performance. And I think after half time, they only kicked three goals. So from one saying, so that's pretty concerning. I know Gary will be very bullish on that, and he will come out next week, and I'm sure with a bigger and better performance. But it's just those Lillardale, they're going to have that fighting spirit because I know everyone has probably predicted Lillardale to be down below. Um, but yeah, it's good to see. The Montrose are up and about this year and it's definitely going to be up there. But again, another problem, inaccuracy. Six goals, two in that first quarter. Seven goals, 15 from the, from the second quarter onwards. It's been a problem for since last year and for the past couple of years and they still haven't managed to fix that up. But full credit to Lilydale. They they put up a fight yeah. and, and, and came back. And yeah, they definitely show that they're, they're not going to be any easy bet. And it's going to be hard next week as well, depending on the wind down at Montana South, because when you go down there, it's very windy down there. So mm. it's going to be seeing, you know, both of those sides, you know, Montrose and Wanty South, to see how they can kick straight. Because, you know, obviously you want to kick more girls and behinds, obviously, but you want to uh, put in. You know, the goals, you want to start banking in the goals. But obviously, again, as you touched on, that inaccuracy is going to kill Montrose, I feel like, as well. Moving on to uh, North Ringwood yesterday. They almost got the job done against the Tigers. 10-14-75, lost to Mitchum, 13-8-86. They had a 26-point lead at halftime before the Tigers kicked seven goals in that third quarter. They had uh, 13 scoring shots there to just the three um, Got back the lead and then held on in the last quarter. Jesse Smythe kicked three goals. Elms kicked two. Wright kicked two. Lachlan kicked two. Cherry was listed as their best player. A really good season uh, so far for him. Uh, for North Ringwood, Rose kicked seven of their ten goals uh, and was listed as their best player. That's the sort of performance we yep. were hoping for him at the start of the season. Um, and they look a lot better, obviously, with him uh, up forward because they struggled trying to find a key target last season. So... Um, that's a big positive for him to kick seven goals. And I think you take a lot of that out uh, from a, a North Ringwood perspective that they're yeah. not that far off the pace is probably what um, a lot of us think. And they're not, and they're going to be a, a challenge out there at Quamby Reserve as well. You know, they obviously got the win over Lilydale in, in round two. And 
they pushed Mitchum, who, again, I'm still very bullish on. Yes, they're coming off a loss to Montrose, but I'm still very bullish on Mitchum this year. And, you know, it, it's a very positive performance if you're North Ringwood and, and Paddy Rose as well. Just just winding back the clock alongside Robbie Nahas, who, who kicked the two goals as well. And Rose is now, after that performance, the second le- equal second leading goal kicker with the 14 goals this season in four games. So, yeah, it's... It, plenty of positives, but you know, just that third quarter as well. It was all Mitchum conceding just the three behinds and, and kicking just the seven goals. I'm not too sure which ends at which end they, they were kicking to. Just given, you know, I was out there earlier in the morning, and p- pretty much all the goals for for the women's games were going towards the the club rooms end, and I think only one goal was kicked towards the 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 playground end or to the. Playground end out there, out there, or to the north end of North Ring of Quamby Reserve, but you know, it, yeah, it's still a terrific performance, and it shows just yeah, they 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 don't mind. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a good performance and a much needed win. They needed to bank the win, did Mitch? I mean, they did. Yeah, no, no, just on North Ringwood. Look, they they go out to Croydon next week, and and mm-hmm. I, I I think they can beat Croydon at oh, even yeah, at I Croydon. think so too. I think they will. So that's a, you know, if they can win that as well, well, their their season's getting back on track. Yeah, definitely. And Croydon did lose again yesterday, but it was a much better performance. Mm. Uh, Ten point loss to Wanturna South. 14-12, 96. The Devils defeated Croydon. 12-14, 86. Out there at Walker Reserve, uh, Barlow kicked four goals for the Devils, and Deans was uh, listed as uh, their best player uh, on the ground while uh, for Croydon Dodd kicked three Britton kicked three and Lynch uh, another strong performance for the Blues listed as their best player but Uh, overall, it's it's a um, a better game from Croydon, but for one turn of South, they just had to win because their their couple of losses so far this season were against really good sides. So for them, it was just getting uh, the four points rate to, to um, put them back in a, a strong position on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to just win each game as it comes up, and as you said, having those losses, well, that makes it more important. And and once again, winning games at home. Yeah, it, it all comes down to that. Yeah. And, you know, just another case of a bit of accuracy. You know, they had the same amount of scoring shots, and Montana South managed mm-hmm. to win by t- it managed to win by ten. It's positive for Croydon, just given they were able to find other options. But still, I think it was only six or seven goal kick- kickers, which is a little bit of a concern. But yeah, Montana South were able to find those options. And Kai Bolo, he's had a terrific start to the season. He's their leading goal kicker. He's been the most times in the best for for Montana South. You know, he was one of those boys that came across from from Vermont in in 2021 and he, you know he had a great season last year and I think he's set for a, an even bigger season this year yeah definitely and looking at the division one ladder South Belgrave the only undefeated side sitting on top with four wins then Montrose and Mitchum with three wins Mulbach, Beaconsfield, Wontona South, Bayswater all with two edge North Ringwood and Croydon with one and they meet uh, next week as Ray said and then Lilydale at the bottom without a win yet but a uh an in- interesting ladder, as you said, Blake, it is pretty even when you look at the um, probably from about second to to seventh. There's not much in it. No, indeed. And, you know, I think, you know, after Bayswater winning yesterday, it's definitely put a lot of pressure on, you know, that fourth, I reckon probably from fourth to seventh, it's all even at the moment. Yeah. So it's going to be a very even comp, I feel like. I think first division and third division, first division and third division are going to be very close between them so but I was having a look at this I feel like the top three is set I feel like mm. that's gonna 
potentially. I know it's I know it's early days and all that, but I feel like the top three will be probably set. So you think South Bell grab Montrose Mitchum? Yeah, yeah, I think I think those sides. You know, we've got a lot of respect for all those clubs, and I feel like they've done a good job um, to be where they are. But I feel like you know, from fourth to sixth, potentially could even you know it could say that way. But yeah, I just feel like. Yeah, it, that's this one I'm seeing from there. I feel like fourth to six will probably, but I do think there will be a flip over though. But you know, who knows? We're round four in. It's in April, so uh, yeah. we can't decide. I think from round, I reckon, from my point of view, I reckon from round nine is when we'll get a fruit. That's when we'll get an estimate. I reckon. Honestly, I think we'll get a a little bit of a, a better idea this week. It, this coming weekend, you know, you've got Moorbark and Beaconsfield out at Heights Reserve, uh, Croydon and North Ringwood, obviously South Belgrave and Bayswater play each other and Lilydale and Mitchum play each other and then you've got Wanturnus out there and Montrose out there at Walker Reserve as well. So I feel like we might get a bit of a better idea in, in, in this coming this coming weekend, but you're right, like it's... <laughs> It's it's almost as even as third division. I wouldn't say it's as even because you can rely on some teams to defeat some of the bottom sides, but I think yeah, it's it's still a very even division. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next month of uh, football for all divisions. Uh, thanks, boys, for, for coming in today, Ray. Uh, obviously, a, a good game out there yesterday. Had a better game than than we did in the end. And um, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no, it was a great contest down there. That's for sure. I just want to say one thing. Congratulations to Blake. He said we're in April, mate. You got in by 12 hours. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. 30th of April at the moment. <laughs> Blake and Josh both out there yesterday. Um, and then we've got, uh, I think we can tell people now, we've got one turn of South Montrose as the yeah. match of the round next oh, weekend. So, yeah. Um, you you're, we'll be watching you to check Yeah, advice, you better so. keep a you better keep a call. Uh, yeah, you can't call them us a week. Yeah, <laughs> no more no more of that. No no. More. <laughs> I caught last year. Uh, <laughs> continue was Montrose and Croydon because Croydon just was in the lead. So uh, that the rules can't be biased. Don't forget yeah. as well about female footy focus coming out this week. Uh you know, plenty of interesting results in the women's competition. Having a, a looking forward to discussing that, uh, discussing that, and um, yeah, it's another. It, it was another big weekend, and next weekend is going to be as big as well. Absolutely, that comes out Wednesday. But mm-hmm. thanks all for listening. Until then, uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, I reckon probably just.